Hey, listeners, the show's about to start. You're going to hear Strange Animal, but uh, for those who are still only getting the show for free, you're missing out on four days a week. Lotterwithcredit.com slash mug club. It's $99 annually, $69 for students, veterans, or military. Not only do you get your hand-etched mug, you get daily content. You get morning grinders uh, with Not Gay Jared and Courtney Scoss for free. You get access to the entire CRTV lineup. And, uh, and listen, the sketches make a lot more sense. And the sketches make a lot more sense <laughs> when like, you're oh, watching These them. sketches have really gone downhill. This doesn't sound right at all. <laughs> it's <laughs> it video. Sound right. It's video. This is video. Well, you can get it on audio download, so you can take it with you if you're listening to this right now we appreciate you guys doing it and at crtv they're all audio downloadable now um every day but uh the thing about mug club we were talking about this is it's it really is a, a citizens uprising uh, against and you'll hear that with tranny bain later which won't make sense in the audio podcast um it's a citizens uprising against the current censorship climate uh we'll be talking about today youtube google's algorithms to try and get rid of fake news and, and why that's selective and the same thing with youtube and if you've noticed since creating the paywall the premium content we've actually been giving more free content away than ever. So the paying uh, for lighterwithcreditor.com slash mugup, paying for CRTV is actually what allows us to create more free content. And what that the reason that's so important is that's what reaches so many people. We have more free content than ever, but less revenue on free content than ever, uh, than ever because they want to try and censor us. But it's so important that we fight back. The only way to fight back and keep everyone employed, however, is to create this network and alliance of people who are fighting back every day with content that you already know and love. Mm. Uh, we just ask that you pay for it. We, that we're directly doing, allows you to, to participate yeah, in the mission. In the mission. I mean, if you watch the, the shows behind the paywall, you know, it's, it's a lot more relaxed because we know you people. We direct message with you people. We interact with you people. So we appreciate it so much. If you're saving up money, thank you. Uh, if you can't afford it, we know everyone sometimes has dealt a, dealt a rough hand and you'll still be getting more free content than ever when you can afford it. We ask you to get the wonderful hand-etched mug and uh, take part in the revolution. Lotterwithcredit.com slash mug club. Enjoy the show! I totally reversed that. You're supposed to do the inflate it, which is my dad used to do that when I was a kid and uh, to embarrass me because I was weak and skinny. Speaking of which, not Gay Jared producing with me in video studio as always. Some I went to the gym it. this week. That's good. Hold First on. time in a year and a half. Follow him at not Gay Jared, me at S Crowder with your comments, questions, photoshops, insults. I fulfill my legal obligations. Draw your own conclusions. We good? We're good. Yeah, that's right. Snacky Jared, you went to the gym. I did, but I also and bought a recliner this magnesium. week. So <laughs> I'm conflicted. That's the worst. <laughs> like, is. if you're planning on going to the gym and you buy a new toy, yeah. or you get a new gun, or you, you get a recliner, <laughs> it's like, nah. Some would say the two conflict. Just don't plan anything fun the same day as no. the gym. Uh, speaking of which, at G Morgan Jr. here, fun speaking guy. Speaking of not fun? <laughs> no, I said just don't plan to do anything. I was saying you're fun because you, you're a wine guy. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I can't do it. I need to go to the gym. Yeah, apparently. you both need to go to the. You so put us together. I. You have one full-grown human being. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> true. <laughs> 
<laughs> there has to be truth in comedy, you six foot five giant. <laughs> true. I'm just demure. No, he's not. I can barely fit him in the studio. It's silly. Uh, great guests today. We have Voss Rutten, mixed martial arts legend. Yeah. I'm pretty closet conservative, yeah. but after this, uh, he'll be lucky to work again <laughs> in the entertainment industry. And then, of course, we have Andrew Clavin, great friend of the show. How many careers have we killed now? Yeah. We should have the death chart of. Or yeah. launched. Depends. Well, we'll let him come out. I have a few things I want to ask him about, which sort of implies it. Uh, we have some stories that we'll be talking about. The uh, replace and repeal the bill, the health care bill, mm. went through with single-digit votes today, but that's a big deal. And there's a lot of outrage from the left over the Upton Amendment. So I know it's kind of boring. It's convoluted. We'll get into that, though, and hopefully explain it in a way that you can understand. Also, Bill Nye, fake news, chromosomes, and the gender bender. We'll talk about that. What's true? What's not true? Uh, I'm trying to think. Anything else. Oh, Tranny Bain is coming up to uh, Tranny right Bain. Today. Tranny Bain yeah. is debuting today. Lucky to have him. If you're not uh, a Mud <laughs> Club, oh Z crap. How do you know? <laughs> you don't want to do it with Tranny Bain. We've you talked about this. Uh, so before we get to those stories, though, there are a couple of stories that just uh, that you know piqued our interest. Uh, there has been <laughs> <laughs> there has been outrage in San Francisco over a pol policeman shooting a man. So there's the question of police brutality. We'll show you the local affiliate clip. Outrage over a cop shooting a man who was, uh, a man who stabbed someone. By the way, he was in the middle of stabbing that person. Sources say the two men inside that subways had been arguing over a sandwich. The man who was stabbed was taken to a hospital. The other did not okay, survive. Take it seriously. Well, he was, yeah, stabbing okay, was in progress. Stabbing was in progress, yes. Was there a way to avoid this? <laughs> Everything right now is under investigation. It's a very preliminary. Nearby residents like Sherry Pittman were outraged by the shooting. So we have a fight, we finna get shot, and I fight all the time. <laughs> yeah. Apparently she didn't ask for her lawyer. <laughs> Did anybody avoid this? You, How about not stabbing? I, I, I can't I fight, it's like you have the right to remain. I ain't gonna be silent, I didn't cry. I stole uh, it. Uh. I already told you I done stole it. All the time. Listen, it's not because she's black. It's because she's hilarious. Notice the black officer. Didn't laugh at that. But she's funny. She is funny. She's like she a walking is. cartoon character. <laughs> and I just, they're outraged over a cop stopping so in the middle of a stabbing. This is where you cannot find middle ground. I don't understand. Again, it's like, if you're against deporting illegal aliens who are committing felonies, we're not going to find common ground on, on, on the, uh, the anchor baby issue. So this, of course, this event, the police brutality, apparently, quote unquote, uh, has led to protests in San Francisco, protests, riots, signs, where they ultimately coined the new slogan, hands up, let me stab you repeatedly. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the first arrival paramedics were actually reported as saying that it was it was really a gruesome scene. There was blood everywhere. It took a long time to get it out of their clothes, but they finally did it. Still no luck on removing the smell of subway. Though. <laughs> <laughs> stays with you. It stays. You ever worn leather in one of those places? No. <laughs> I, have, I know you. Have. I have subway smells from I know 2012. Oh man, in San Francisco, Wait, the Folsom Street there must be oh terrible. Oh my gosh. <laughs> And then that Folsom Street for a bunch of people walking in in leather chaps. I think I, I think I want a Subway sandwich. Well, what do you want? You want the Southwest steak? I don't know what it is. They say it's the Southwest steak. I order it. They say, what do you want on it? Then what is the Southwest steak? 
<laughs> Why name it if I decide what's on it? Wore leather, haven't had a date in years. <laughs> I don't understand that with someone. Someone can explain it to me. It's like, what do you want? A Southwest steak steak. Okay, what do you want on it? All right, you know, give me the normal steak one. What do you want on it? What makes it Southwest? <laughs> the peppers? Why don't you put the peppers? Well, do you want the peppers on it? Then do, what, what, why is the title? <laughs> I can't get anything right. Uh, a lot yeah. of flack to Stephen Colbert made a, a joke. We'll talk about this with Clavin later on, where he referred to Trump's mouth. I'm sorry, cock holster for uh, Vladimir Putin. By the way, I think it's kind of a funny word. So some <laughs> people were really outraged. I don't tend to get outraged, uh, but I didn't. You know, they were talking about a boycott with Colbert. I didn't see any genuine conservatives who I knew calling for a boycott. It seems like a little bit of a straw man alert because I see people saying, "Oh, if you have a problem with." Uh, Colbert's lewd comments on this, but had no problem with Trump's lewd comments about, you know, grabbing them. You know, yeah. you're, you're, you're highly inconsistent. I'm like, I don't think that's the argument. I think everyone jumping on hashtag, if they're conservative, they're like, ah, I already kind of hated Colbert. This is a fun thing to do today. Right. But people right. who are really upset about it are upset for the homophobic. Yeah, that's right. We saw that at HuffPo. HuffPo is one, just one of many to write about it. <laughs> we need the HuffPo queer voices. I love that that's a section. <laughs> we need to stop making jokes about Trump and Putin. Okay, sweetheart. Uh, let me explain to you the definition of need because you seem to be a little murky. We don't need to stop making gay jokes. You need to learn the definition of need. <laughs> yes. Need means I really, really want you to stop making gay jokes. But I love the cannibalism from the left. It, I think, is, it is fun to watch. I think Colbert thought well, they won't come for me because my fans are the ones who go after other people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. What, what are you going to say? Jill was going to say. Why do we have? Uh, why are gay jokes off limits? Is it only hum like why? It's got to be straight jokes. For the it's same reason funnier. we're going to people it's in the comments. It's not funny section. if it's not gay jokes. No. In this case. That's the funny part. That's the funny part. <laughs> and, and, and I don't think it was a funny joke. I don't think Stephen Colbert's hilarious. I certainly think he's funnier than Samantha Bee and Trevor Noah. I've said yeah. that. I thought he was funnier in character. But I don't I don't want to see a guy boycotted. Especially, listen, his, his ratings are doing well, so he deserves what he gets. Yeah, well, he's a little, little one note with the Trump stuff. I think he's, he's, I think he's locked into it. But I think... To his credit, he's not backing down from the comment. He's, no. he's saying, I'm, hey, eh, sorry, I'm maybe a little overboard with crassness, you know, maybe not FCC appropriate. But to his credit, he's not backing down. He's yeah. to, which, as for comedy's sake, it's refreshing to see. Yeah. Watch for him tomorrow, though, to call for the boycotting or banning of someone who says something offensive. Or they say, like, I'm <laughs> exactly. never calling for the banning, but they just encourage this sort of crap yeah. storm of offense. Sure. So, uh, okay. Uh, in other news, uh, Bill, this is something that's been making the rounds. Important. Bill Nye did this whole gender bender thing. You can shut off the, the deal, yeah. Jared. Uh, the gender bender thing, gender exists on a spectrum. You saw this, we talked about this earlier in the week, wrote about it at livewithcrowder.com. Now, there was a meme making the rounds, an alt-right sort of meme uh, that went around this one, where it talked about an episode of, of Bill Nye in the 90s, and it said, gender is determined by your chromosomes. So a couple of things here. Um, I interpreted this as a meme. Not, mm -hmm. There are no quotations, not a direct quote. In other words, when I first saw this, I saw it as, oh, that must have been the sentiment expressed. Yeah, we, we do that a lot with memes just to capture the sentiment of right. some, yeah. something somebody believes. If someone yeah. kind of understands memes. Okay, so th that's the case. Now, we didn't run it on the site because all of the leftist news sites, and we tend to read leftist news sites more to check our sources yeah. because we want to know what the left is saying. They said that it was completely fake. So places like Gizmodo and the fact-checking website said this is entirely fake. Bill Nye never made this quote. He never said anything about gender and chromosomes. As a matter of fact, to prove their point, and they fooled us. They fooled yeah. us. We thought, well, maybe this is just another hoax, kind of like the Donald Trump quote meme that goes around. They fooled us by even including a clip of the Bill Nye episode. Our genes are stored in parts of our cells called chromosomes. They look like this. 
Chromosomes contain all of the genetic information, all of the instructions you need to make a person. So when you watch that, you think, well, that seems dishonest with the yeah. meme because he didn't say anything about, about gender being binary. No. Turns out, okay, when th these people said fake news, the implication that Bill Nye had a show that said, well, mm -hmm. Bill Nye didn't say it directly. So I, I will allow that, clarify that. But that same episode, that show included uh, one of his female cohorts on the show talking about two genders. You have a one and two chance, your gender being determined by chromosomes. That, and here's the thing. It was in the same show after that clip, and it was edited out retroactively. It was censored by, I think, Netflix uh, and or Disney. Here's the clip they omitted. I'm a girl. Could have just as easily been a boy, though, because the probability of becoming a girl is always one in two. See, inside each of our cells are these things called chromosomes, and they control whether we become a boy or a girl. One in two, <laughs> not one in 73. <laughs> not one in pansexual gender fluidity. Now, now here's the, if, if, if Gizmodo and if these sites, PolitiFact, if they'd written, listen, this meme is going around, it's a false quote, Bill Nye did not say this. However, in the episode, it is, in the episode that was retroactively edited yeah. to omit this clip, they did say that gender was uh, determined by chromosomes and highly implied that gender was binary. If they'd have written that, it would have been honest. Mm -hmm. Now, we've written, for example, about global warming, about scientists from NASA who said we're going into a global cooling period. And in the articles and on this show, we said, now, by the way, these same scientists say, but to totally don't worry, you guys, because global warming is going to occur after those 50 years. We provide that context and the link. These real news sites calling out fake news sites, turns out we're in cahoots, we're in on the gag of the show being retroactively edited. Do you have any idea how, ins how insanely dangerous that is? And something even scarier, you wanna talk about Orwellian, Pe people use the term so often it's, it's, it's lost all meaning. Google has recently uh, issued their, their guidelines. They said their algorithms are going to favor real news over fake news. And they've actually named some of the sites that ran this story claiming that people on the right were Gosh. fake news. So if you look at their descriptions, sites like ours, which I encourage you to bookmark, cloudwithcrowder.com, would be considered fake news. Gizmodo, PolitiFact, Snopes would be considered real news. By the way, also university publications like Berkeley today who are hosting actual communists teaching courses, well, teach, sorry, giving seminars on how to eradicate Trump voters from campus. They banned Milo, they <laughs> banned Ann Coulter, but they're hosting communists. And Gizmodo does this, and Google's going to favor them yeah. as real news. Oh Something else that I think is even crazy, okay? They went back, even crazier, sorry. My words, I don't know. Stroke, maybe. Words have meaning. It was a Stephen Hawking dance that I did. It's coming back to bite me from earlier this week. <laughs> Something I think is even crazier. They went back and they edited a science show. Now, it wasn't an addendum to correct the science. They didn't edit it out because the science wasn't accurate. They edited out the science from a science show because it was offensive. Is that not terrifying? And this is, again, the far left, the Bill Nye's of the world, the Gizmodo's of the world, the factcheck.org's of the world. These places who consider themselves the arbiters of truth are removing science because it is offensive. There's no excuse for that. At least when Al Gore did it with an inconvenient truth, he was going back to correct some inaccuracies. He made a lot of predictions. There is a faster buildup of heat here at the North Pole in the Arctic Ocean and the Arctic generally than anywhere else on the planet. That's not good for creatures like polar bears who depend on the ice. Or, in fact, they could just as easily float, because that's what polar bears do in water. Also, there could be three times the population. 
of polar bears 10 years from this film. We don't know. <laughs> and how could I be expected to know? <laughs> I appreciate that Al Gore yeah, has been honest He cleaned it up. That's good. Little known fact, he recorded that voiceover from a Swedish masseuse. Oh, that's good enough. <laughs> Doing something with the arches of their feet. So, uh, healthcare bill. Let's get into the health... What's happening? What? What? Jared. Dean. Hey. Dude, where were you? Where was yeah, I when? They, they, uh, he will not divide us. New York was fun as hell, so I went over to... I was supposed to meet you at the UK... One. I, you, you, Dean, that I, was that was just an idea. We we were just floating that around. We didn't no, confirm I, that. I went there. I waited for like a week. I call you back. He's a nice guy, but we've got to uh, just got to clarify that, Jared. Yeah, it's my bad. Personal calls in your time. So the healthcare bill. Have you been following this? Yeah, both of you. Oh yeah. So you saw that the vote passed. Yeah. yeah. How, how many votes was it? I know it was single digits. It was, it's uh, 217, like 211 or something like that. I'll okay. have to double check. But. So it was pretty close. Yeah. So uh, this is the repeal and replace idea of the bill. Um, there's There are a few controversies here. So I want to explain it without getting you too bored. Uh, and it's hard to get people who are not bored when you're talking about multi-thousand page bills. Um, this bill includes something called the Upton Mandate. Now, it allows for a few things. Okay, it allows for a few things to occur, but the most controversial aspect of which is it allows a waiver for states. Now, what does this waiver allow allow for? It allows states to allow insurance companies to charge more for people with pre-existing conditions. So I want to be clear. Some people are going out and saying this means that states will be exempt from the pre-existing condition uh, stipulation. They're not. I wish they were. I really yeah. wish they were. I don't think there should be any federal mandate to cover pre-existing conditions. That's not what it is. What this waiver allows and it, what has to occur is a state has to prove that premiums or costs have gone up a significant amount so the state can apply for a waiver which allows the state to allow insurance companies there's a new mic. I just hit it. Damn it. <laughs> I was good. all excited about it, too. Uh, allows the states to allow insurance companies to charge more. That's what it is. That's what has Nancy Pelosi, Mrs. Voldemort, uh, with her <laughs> panties, uh, well, panties, uh, whatever it is, in a bunch. Depends in a bunch. Trump care eviscerates <laughs> essential health benefits such as maternity care, prescription oh, drugs, emergency coverage, prenatal care, <laughs> such and as guts. What am I lying Americans about? with pre-existing <laughs> medical conditions. As bad as Trump care was the first time around, you know, it was dead. It died. It died right here on the floor. Now it's come back to life like a zombie. <laughs> and she would know. Fitting. <laughs> she looks like something Rick Grimes would blow away with a Colt Python. So <laughs> I... I just, here, she says that, and I'm sitting there going like, yes, it's like we've talked about with Gavin McGinnis. We're saying the exact same thing. By the way, <laughs> the waiver, we'll get into the economics, why I think that's a, 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 at least a step in the right direction. I would have liked to see a complete elimination of all of these mandates, but uh, this is nothing new. And before we get to the economics, the political selective outrage is what uh, I find to be hilarious here. When Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act, was first passed, waivers were allowed too. Yeah. Now, who do you think the main recipient of these waivers being exempt from the mandates were? It was almost entirely blue, entirely liberal states and counties. As a matter of fact, one of the biggest champions of Obamacare, Anthony Weiner himself, got a waiver for his district. <laughs> Pass the bill to know what's in it. It's gonna be, we need this for America. Okay, you first. Mm, dick pic? 
<laughs> now, um, here's here's the economics of this, okay? And this is this is something too where again, like Jimmy Kimmel, they they they, they attribute motive. The left only cares, I'm sorry, let's just be honest here. They only care about the screw-ups, about the leeches, about the non-contributing zeros to society. Okay, they say, well, oh, there's so many people who are uninsured. What about, I get it every now and then, someone has a pre-existing condition that is not their fault. I understand it. By the way, there have always been high-risk health insurance pools for that. Yep. But they don't care about the people who foot the bill. It's not that we don't care about sick people. It's that we care about the other Americans who have seen over a 20% year over year year rise, projected to be at least 25% uh, in 2017, uh, as far as uh, premiums. It's that we care about those people. It's that we care about the families who are now seeing an average deductible of $12,000, $6,000 for an individual, which was unheard of before this. It's not that we don't care about sick people. It's that we care about everybody else who has to bear this burden. The economics of Obamacare have been horrible. That's why it's wildly unpopular. Okay, that's why Donald Trump won. Wall repealing Obamacare. Mm -hmm. Obamacare is unbelievably unpopular. And I don't know, remember when we, they were going to pass it, they always used yeah. car insurance mm -hmm. as an example. For the, as though car insurance was a, was a great <laughs> analogy for a federal mandate for you to purchase health insurance. A couple of things. Car insurance are, goes state to state. Yeah. Um, and a, the car insurance that you're purchasing is designed to protect somebody else. It's to keep somebody else safe, not you. Liability. Yeah. Right. It's built it's, into the word. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of uh you know, the bare minimum doesn't cover anybody it, it you're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. The bare minimum is you barely have to help somebody yeah. else. You screw yeah. you that you screw. Right. The bare minimum is somebody else who you could hurt. So I've never thought it was yeah. a valid analogy, the car insurance analogy, but let's use it here since they've liked to use this for so long. The car insurance analogy. Well, you have to buy car insurance. Here's the thing, you're buying car insurance for someone else. Whereas health insurance, you are uniquely buying for you. You are purchasing health insurance for yourself. There's a risk assessment pool. They say this is about your risk. This is about what we can spend on these costs. It's a business that they run. You are spending this money entirely on your own health. Yet, you are actually burdening the costs for everybody else's screw ups. You are paying for what everybody else does. It's the opposite of car insurance. Nobody would accept this if it were the process for car insurance. Uh, we have to ask, any accidents in the last 10 years? Uh, yes, six. Six? What kind? Two fender benders, one spin out, two roadside ditch rolls, one of which I don't remember because I was hammered and uh, I hit a pregnant woman. Okay, and you're approved. Good news, sir, you've been approved. That'll be $1,896 monthly. Wait, what? No, I'm, I, I'm a perfect driver. I have a perfect record. Nope, right here it says you have two DUIs and rammed an expected no, mother. I didn't do any of those things. Mm, well, it doesn't matter because somebody did. Son of a bitch! <laughs> so just don't accept all analogies. They don't always work. Boss Rutan coming up next, and then Andrew Clavin. Home Body Break with Steven Crowder and Not Gay Jerry. Summer's a great time to barbecue with friends, family, or even make a few new friends. That's right, but there are a few things you'll need first. An outdoor charcoal grill, your grill brush and utensils, plenty of charcoal, matches, and a healthy dose of lighter fluid. To build the perfect grill fire, first, build a pyramid with your charcoal. Then douse with a generous amount of flammable lighter fluid. When you're ready, use your matches. 
Interesting fact about lighter fluid, it's the vapors itself, not the liquid that's highly flammable. That's why it's always paramount that you take the proper- Oh my- You were supposed to stand back! Oh! Home Body Break with Steven Crowder and Not Gay Jerry. Sponsored by Mug Club. Is he truly disturbed, or is he just a turd? Nobody knows. It's upstairs to Red Sky. Sweetheart, I'm home. Oh my gosh, okay, I had the most amazing day. And I have something really important to tell you. Okay. Are you ready? I think so. Do you need to sit down? Well, sweetheart, what is it? It worked. Really? I'm pregnant. Oh my god. This is the most incredible thing. Sucking horse shit. Not the ass with a shit and a straw. Oh my god. No, it's okay. He'll just he'll he'll calm down. I I just I, I feel like uh, uh, I'm in a dream. This is the most wonderful shit on a stick with a cock bleeding out its ass. Fuck a Portuguese water monkey, mother. Do you think we should? No, if you just leave, it's best. Dick. No, it's best to ignore it, sweetheart. Ignore me, sucking mother bitch tits. Yeah, I better go up there. Is he truly disturbed, or is he just a turd? Nobody knows. It's upstairs to Red Sky. Mother. Break, snap, crush with the foot. Break, snap, and deliver. This, this, and this, and this, and this, and this, 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 and this, and this, and this, and this. All right. Hopefully, our next guest takes that as a compliment. Longtime fan. Can't believe we got him yes. on the program uh, today. Uh, he's also, right now, he's, he's out there. He's uh, create. He invented this when he was a kid, he was just telling me. The O2 trainer. It's a lung capacity trainer. Mm -hmm. Check that out. But, of course, people out there know him. Bring up his Twitter, not gay, Jared. Here we go. Boss. Oh, hold on a second. Let me give him more of an answer. You, former UFC champion, former King of Pancrase champion, current MMA commentator, and all-around extraordinary American. You know him from Here Comes the Boom, a lot of people who aren't mm -hmm. sports. Boss Rutten, thank you, sir. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yo, hey, 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 what's up? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's weird when you think of like the hundreds of thousands of people who are going to be watching and listening to this. And if you, if you just put them in a room, you know, it'd make you really nervous. Like, wow, that's a huge, you know, it would be three, four stadiums. But you don't really think of it when it's out on the internet. But no. they're all watching right now going, who's this Boss Rutten guy? Yeah, he's a weird looking dude with his bald head. Hey, wait a minute. Is that the Rutger on Kevin Can Wait? Yeah, that could be the crazy <laughs> place's neighbor. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, you, 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 now, did you, forgive me, did you go bald at a young age? Because you shaved your head really young, so I just figured it was a style statement. Yeah, no, it was a style. I, I, uh, believe it or not, I used to be a model. Uh, I have modeling pictures, you're going to laugh so hard, but it, it, it was at the time when they went from the from the feminine guy, so to say, yeah. they crossed over to the real guys. And at, at the, that time I came in, the model agency was owned by three women who loved me, and they put me out on a lot of work, so I have a lot of pictures, hilarious pictures, all, it's all blue steel, and so, you know, the, <laughs> those kind of pictures, but I was always doing my hair. Uh, uh, and, and, but not not with gel and all that stuff and a, and, a, and a blow dryer never did that. But one day I couldn't fix my hair, and it could and I grabbed some gel and I put gel in it. And already I thought that was a complete loser thing to do, but I'm doing it. <laughs> and I go, oh. <laughs> so I'm grabbing a blow dryer and I'm 
I don't click the thing on and I'm looking at myself in the mirror with a purple blow dryer and I go, <laughs> this is so wrong. So I put it down, walked out, and my girlfriend at the time goes, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to shave my head. And she goes, yeah, right. I just walked straight out, went to the barber. I said, shave it off. Really? And he shaved me, complete bolt, and uh, it was the biggest, the freedom I received right after is insane. <laughs> go in the shower, you just do this, that's washing your hair. Yeah. You jump in the pool, you come out, that's drying your hair. I mean, it goes really fast. You love it. That's what I, I can imagine. Um, and you also don't have to worry about the point like, am I going bald? Am I losing my hair? Because it doesn't matter at that point. No one cares. But you have the head that can pull it off. You know, some people who do it, they just look like an escaped mental patient who just climbed down a rope of bed sheets and, you know, ran out after I suffocating was, their room. I was pulled, pulled, pulled from the womb with, with forceps. So I have this cone <laughs> yeah. head that just would never work. Uh, oh, gosh. Uh, okay, so boss, listen, everyone knows you from, from fighting and commentary, but if they follow your Twitter, um, they know that you're a pretty sharp guy. I don't know if you remember this. So you're from Holland, right? So I remember I assume, assumed everyone who I knew, raised in Montreal, like from Holland, were just super hippies who just wanted to smoke pot all the time. There was a picture of you, I think when you became an American citizen, you probably don't remember this, uh, at the Lincoln Memorial, giving the finger, when you, and it said, uh, said, like, this is for the terrorists. This was after 9-11. I don't know if you remember that. And we're sitting there like, oh, yeah. okay. Boss Rutten might be coming from a different angle here. My, this was on MySpace, of all places. Do you, do you remember that? Oh, you know what? I, I remember because it was a big chair that I saw somewhere, I believe in Santa Barbara, and, it was, and behind that big chair was a wall, and it was a paint, an American flag, the entire wall. And okay. the chair was huge, and I go, I got to make a picture here. So I put on a crazy suit, like a 70s suit, and jump in the chair, and uh, you know, I'm sitting there flipping off, and it, uh, it says freedom of speech, and then it goes, F terrorist. <laughs> yes, okay, so I was thinking Lincoln Memorial, but you were the Lincoln. You were the one in the chair. That's what it was. Um, yeah. And I remember reading about it in, like, I think it was back then Ultimate Grappling Mag, Magazine, you know, and like some people thought it was controversial. So you became an American citizen. Listen, as you know, in, in Europe, uh, freedom of speech, we see that now, it's not necessarily an inherently like European value that's sort of rugged into it. I come from Canada where it doesn't exist. You can be jailed for, for hate speech. Um, talking about that, that flag with freedom of speech, you, you've talked so much about how you love the United States, you've become a citizen. You're kind of an anomaly. Why is it you're different from a lot of people who come over from, from, from Europe or a lot of them go back? You know, I don't know. I, I think once the people, are, this is the problem. Many times you talk to people from Europe, but they've never been to America. Oh. And if they've never been to America, they just repeat what other people are saying. They think this is a crazy country. You know, my mom and dad, for instance, they, they didn't want to come the first year visit us because they were afraid to come. They thought people were shooting each other on the street. It was, it was the most insane thing. They have a whole different picture of America. When I tell them, hey, did you ever go to America? No. I said, why don't you go first and check it out? Like my mom and dad. They came for only seven days the first time. The next time they came two and a half months. They rented an RV in Seattle. They went throughout all America, saw everything from America. It's their favorite country now. They had no clue why the propaganda, whatever it is, you know, what they show about America on European TV, it's a different kind of America. I think so. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, why would people would be afraid? It's a great country. Well, I remember that too when I was raised in Canada. Everyone thought uh, that you know, if people in Texas, they were running around with cowboy hats and guns. <laughs> now a lot of people do have guns. That is true, but they're not shooting each other. I, and I actually, you know, as, as when I moved to the states, I was like, oh, this is actually pretty cool. You have a lot of people with guns who are law-abiding citizens, whereas we were sitting ducks in Canada. In Montreal, actually, we basically invented the school shooting. We had like four. In the decade of the 90s, it was it, literally, it was just, and, and there's nothing anyone could do. Um, so it totally changed. What yeah. are you about to say now? Uh, I just say every Canadian I've ever known, from like school and everything, the first thing they do, they get here, they go to visit, you know, New York City, 
Then they find someone to marry so they can stay here. Almost, almost every single person <laughs> I ever know from college, yeah. that's what they do. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can imagine. So what, what was that process like? Do, what, do you remember the moment where you said, you know what, I'm going to become a citizen in the United States? Yeah, no, it was simple because our youngest daughter was born here. Uh, oh, okay. And it was in 2001. So as soon as she was born here, I said, okay, she's American. We're all going to become American now. You know, and, and then my, my family can have dual citizenship, but the head of the household apparently cannot. And I said, no, oh, I'm an American. You know, my, our daughter's born here. Uh, the, the, the four musketeers, right? <laughs> Once for all, all for one. Right. So that's why we're... Uh, that's why we did. We, we became a citizen. And, and you know what? I, I believe that if you live in a country, you know, you, you should become a citizen. I mean, and live by the rules of this country. This is a very important thing, too, because sure. in Holland, you know, sometimes people from other countries come in, they commit horrible crimes, and then in court they're going to go, yeah, but you know what? In their country, it's an offense if you look at the law. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding, dude. And they go off. They get free because in their country. And I say, yeah, but you know, don't live in that country. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I would go to that country and I tried to pull that stunt, it's not going to happen. You yeah. know? Yeah. No, no, everybody's so happy. You know, we love you. Know, we understand. Okay, you go. Boom. And then commit another crime. You know, you know uh, stabbing's only a misdemeanor in Saudi Arabia. I think we like to play by that rule. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, well, you know, okay. So this is all interesting because now, like I said, don't get you started. But we got you started. You Did you always think this way? Or did you have kind of, you know, they call it like red pill moment of clarity being in the United States and enjoying some freedoms. And I say this as a Canadian. I came here and it was, it's almost like in the air. You're like, Wow. I'm just more free here. In Canada, everyone was offended by something you would say. People were constantly being jailed or being hauled off because they said the wrong thing or did the wrong thing. Did, did you always think this way, like you're talking now, or did it happen at a specific moment, or was it just a transition living here? It was just a transition. I, I, I have a drawing that I made when I was six years old about Nogi the bird who flew to America. So America's always been in my mind. I had American cars, I had a Buick, a Dodge, pickup truck with the big tires. You know, you're young, you know, you do all these crazy things. I was always really, uh, I really, always really wanted to go to America. I love the American movies. That's where all my, you know, all the things that I use when people came. When people ask me, say, how do you speak English? Well, first of all, everybody speaks English in Holland because you have to. It's a little tiny country. Otherwise, nobody can understand you. But we see the American movies with the Dutch subtitles. So it's much easier for us to understand. And then once you start, you know, learning all the lines. But what you, when you watch movies like uh, Scarface and, you know, you, you think the F-bomb gets dropped everywhere all the time here on the street as well. So uh -oh. when I came here... <laughs> And my my first thing was I thought there was freedom of speech here. You see what I threw back. Yeah. I said apparently there's no freedom of speech if I cannot say that. Yeah. Right? So that's what I thought first. And and with the guns, I you know, I already did depth in that I, I dove in that. And the reason for this is one of the reasons that the Japanese all the way back didn't attack the mainland was because they knew they were going to have a way, every every citizen is, is, is going to be a soldier. Yeah. Everybody owns guns. So now you're not only fighting the military, you're fighting 80% of the people who have guns at home. <laughs> yeah. You know, so that's that's a big army that you suddenly <laughs> So that's why they didn't attack the mainland and they started over there. Well, same thing with Switzerland even, uh, when you look at Nazi Germany, like, ah, gosh, a mountainous terrain and, you know, everyone there has uh, has a gun. So they're like, let's just, let's skip over it. Yeah. Let's do Poland first. Well, let me ask you this. So, because a lot of people will talk about this one thing I'm a big fan of with you is, you know, you're funny, obviously, and, and, and uh, actually people should check out your sketch comedy. It's, it's rare if you've know, mm -hmm. ever endorsed sketch comedy. I will say, not all of it works, but some of it is really funny, which from a fighter is a huge ringing endorsement. It is really funny stuff. But um, you're a UFC champion. 
okay? So there are a lot of people out there who BS and like, well, if you need a gun, you're a coward. I would just do this and I got Tiger Claw and I don't need the gun to feel secure. You're a UFC, you're a UFC champion, uh, world-renowned martial artist. Um, well, I don't want to ask you personally if you carry because, you know, let's keep that a surprise. But what's your view on that? Would you uh, chalk it up to I don't need to be personally uh, armed because I'm a martial artist or, or do you think people should be regardless? I think if you're a professional fighter, you should. You should make sure that you're armed. Because the people on the street, if they know you, they're not going to fight you without a weapon. Right? I yeah. mean, they're going to lose. So if somebody's going to pull something, yeah, you, I, I think you should be prepared for that, at least at home and everywhere. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a dangerous thing out there. Yeah. If I would be a normal person, I can understand, you know, maybe, you know, I, I won't be as much, but, you know, as being a fighter, yeah, yes, they're never going to fight you without a weapon. So if something breaks out, they recognize me, it's it's going to be big, probably. Yeah, that's a good point. And I've talked, you know, with a lot of fighters, like, like listen, the last thing, I, A, that, what you just said, they're not going to try and fight you fairly. And B, it's a lawsuit waiting to happen because if I'm a fighter, it's national headlines. But even that's just, you know, you read the message boards and you see that attack from sort of the American left today. You know, we're like, well, the, the gun is just for, you're so insecure, you cling to your they gun. They did it on a train one Guess time what? without Guess a gun. Guys, this is very simple. Guess what? The bad guys have guns. I want to be ready when a bad guy comes in. Can it happen in my life? Yes, it can happen. It happens all around me, friends. It happens. People say, oh, that will never happen to me. Ask the people that it happened to. Because those people will say, I always said it never happens to me and it happened to me. Yeah. It will happen. You know, and if it happens, why not being prepared? Why give the power to some criminals? Yeah. And, 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 then, and you're not able to defend yourself. So that's the dumbest comment there is, you know, because people <laughs> are bad. It is. It you is. Know, it, once every so many people, there are really bad apples in between. And if they come, I'd rather be prepared. And if you say, though, this is this great line in the true romance with Christian Slater, one of my favorite movies. And he says, uh, the one thing I realized over the last week is the better it's better to have a gun and don't need it than to need a gun and don't have it. Yeah. And the thing I'm trying to make here. That's no, that's absolutely true, and uh, I just think it's great to come from a fighter because that sort of debunks a lot of these, uh, a lot of these folks. So remember, Jerry, was it we had too? Bostrin would find this funny where we went. I think you went to get your your gun class guy I knew everything about gun firearm instruction. Yeah. But then he's also like, by the way, I also teach martial arts, and he's like a sixth don black belt yeah, in yeah. Aikikai Jiu-Jitsu do made like, up thing. You're like, listen, buddy, mm. you're certified to give me gun training, but uh, I don't think the guy with the pot belly and the homemade belt is necessarily who I want teaching hand to hand. Combat. True. There's just a lot of BS across the board right now, and it's easy to sell that to folks, especially when you just tell them, you know, they need to be afraid of something. So uh, I'm the guy to fix it. But you know, uh, it's, this is this is the world we live in. If you say to a guy, "How big is your penis?" Oh, it's only six inch tall. Oh, you have a micro penis. Everybody starts buying those pills. You know, <laughs> thing you have to say to them. They're so easy to influence. You go like, oh, maybe I should look up a chart with the, the average size penises before. I you know, I mean, people are, you know, you just give them a little ball. I like think, but I, I wouldn't use the word tall in inches. I'd say long. Tall is he's dead and rigid. Yeah, and I was thinking like, dead, like a dead cat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just clawed onto the couch. <laughs> we still have that in Holland. That's a, that's a straight Dutch translation that I do. But I, I tell a guy, oh, he's big. In Holland, that means he's tall. But here it means something different. Yeah, it's a, it's, I have to watch out with that. Now, do they speak French in, in, in Holland at all? No. No, that's just no, Dutch, Belgium, right? Just Dutch, yeah, Dutch. And then uh, at the border where I used to live, it's the Belgian, Flemish, German, 
Okay. You know, a lot of people end from that area, the lower part of Holland, speak German as well. Yeah. Also known as Freaky Deaky Dutch, I learned. Freaky Deaky Dutch. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't know this, but I know because it, it sounds similar to a French Canadian accent a little bit with Boss. I noticed that. You know, kind of if you hear like my mom. Yeah, I can hear that a little it's bit. It's not what people here were used to a German accent. You know, and then you think when you think Dutch, people would assume it sounds more like like Sven computer, uh, but it sounds more French Canadian mm. to me. I don't know. I think it was Michigan. We, we there's so many Dutch people there that. Yeah. I've heard it a little bit. But. Is it true Dutch people are cheap? No, that's the weirdest thing. I, I never got that. You know, they say, <clears throat> let's go Dutch on a date. And, and I never in my life experienced ever. The guy always pays. <laughs> I don't know where that comes from. Also, when I, when I came here and all the Dutch and people say, saying with cheap, and my first party that I went to from a, from a guy, a guy says, hey, can, when you want to come to the party, I come to the party, buy a, uh, a present. I come to give him the present. I go go to the bar, get a get a beer, and the guy goes, he says six dollars. And he goes, excuse me, and he says six dollars. I say, no, no, I'm with the, the party here, the birthday party. He says six dollars. <laughs> and, and, and you guys talk about Dutch people. That won't happen in Holland. You know? <laughs> go to the bar, and they will pay for it because it's their birthday. Nobody pays a thing. So I go like, wow, I can I can make parties now. I can actually make money. Yeah. You know, I go on the worst day. And I tell the people, what is your worst day? It's a Wednesday. I'm going to do a party next Wednesday. I want 20% of the birthday party. I'm going to get presents and I'm going to get money. It's the greatest thing. It is a good thing. Here's a question though. Do do are you a Nazi about uh, turning the lights off when you leave the room? Uh, With where in my uh, living or in my bedroom? Any room. Do you turn? Are you are a Nazi about turning them off? Because that's one thing I know. Don't about use Dutch the word people. Nazi. That has a different connotation for a Dutch this Dutchman. Is, that's Just fair. say, are you that's meticulous? Fair. Meticulous. You know, yeah. No. But I lately started doing like if I walk through the house and I see a light on, I actually turn it off. I started lately started doing that. Yeah. But normally I, uh, I yeah, I don't mm. like a lot of light. But okay. uh, yeah, turn off the lights. I mean, why wouldn't you? That's what, what is I that, <laughs> Jared? What is that question? Oh, in West Michigan, that was one thing I noticed. Everyone, every Dutch person there is just just adamant about making sure every light is off on every room you're not using all the time, always. I've never heard that. Yeah, they're really cheap there. I, I, that's always something. They they unplug their refrigerators at night. So maybe that's just an American thing. Maybe kind of like I, I, I never heard either the the the. the the refrigerator thing. Oh, that was a joke. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> people, though, I did see people coffee filters, washing coffee filters. But I seen this in America as well. At the, but I was at the campground. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My grandmother, she would like coffee filters, paper coffee filters. That we, she, we would make <laughs> horrible <laughs> detectives. We've gotten a root of nothing here. <laughs> Cleaning coffee filters. Uh, okay, so so boss, we don't have a, a ton of time, but man, I, I hope to have you back. It's interesting to hear this, this story and people who come here um, and, and, and how their views change and they become Americans. Let me ask you this kind of finally, because how long have you been in the United States now? How long have you been a citizen? Oh, actually, tomorrow, 20 years. Wow. Congratulations, 20 years. Thank you, It's the Liberation Day from Holland. The day we got married is the day our dog, dog was born. It's, uh, it's, a cra- it's the day we, we met each other, my wife and I, 25 years ago. So, uh, yeah. It's, so you've been it's married for 20 years? We're, we're together 25 years. 25 years. Man, wow. she must be quite the catch to uh, nail down El Wapo. Because he was uh, he was known to be quite the uh, what was that <laughs> to to hang out with me for that time in my fighting time I was a little crazy guy yeah so uh, you know she's she's a saint let me tell you that she's he'll go straight to heaven that one she's well, amazing that's rare though for someone in a high profile you know obviously well you're in California um, and uh, in the entertainment industry it's rare for someone to be married that long and um, I don't know what it's like in Europe but in in French Canada people generally don't get married they just sort of cohabitate. Uh, mm-hmm. So that was a distinct. As a matter of fact, in in Canada and Quebec, I'm sure you've been there because there's a lot of it's a huge MMA uh, area. If you see a wedding ring, almost guaranteed anglophone in Canada. 
French Canadians don't get married. Um, and most of my European friends either don't get married who have known or they get married later. But it seems like that's atypical, certainly of the entertainment industry. And, and, and maybe Europe? What, I mean, 20, 25 years. What, 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 uh, is that just something you always knew? You wanted to be with one, one person and, and just made it work? No, she's just perfect for me. I mean, everything is there. You know, it's it, it, it's weird. It's I don't. I think at least like ten, eleven years. There's no fighting in this house. There, there's no screaming in this house. There's no words in the house. We that simply won't happen. Yeah. Like a very rare that we say, hey, no, no, that would be as loud as it. I don't. <laughs> that's it. You know, people go like, man, this is so crazy. All my friends. They ask if she has sisters, if she knows so, because everybody goes, where did you find her? <laughs> did they make her in a laboratory? What happened? I don't know what happened, but something happened. God put us in contact and uh, suddenly. Well, okay, here's another thing. I'm sorry, but it's just a cultural difference. So you say, you know, you say uh, God. Every person I've known from, from, uh, from Deutschland, you know, distinctly kind of unchurched, distinctly more agnostic, atheist. Like it's not a super... Here, obviously, sort of, you have way more. It's not a secret that you have way more of an evangelical Christian community. So, were you raised that way, or was that something you came to in the states? I came to in the states. I was raised that way till I was twelve years old. Then it stopped, and then I, I got distracted because that's uh, where all the atheists started coming in. But knowing it better, and with the books, and then my mom and dad, they started actually believing that BS, and you know, so slowly but surely, you know, that happens, and uh, you you don't go to church anymore. And uh, five years ago. About five years ago, I was just sitting in on a conference about about life, not even about God, just about life. And the way he was explaining that is a very smart guy, theologian uh, Leo Severino. That was just uh, I was like the, the, that. That was it. Was so much that uh, felt together for me. I go, this is crazy. Now at the set, there was also in uh, the world-renowned Dr. Father Ripperger, who is an exorcist, straight with the Vatican, who does the worst cases. Yeah. And of course, that was the Navy SEAL team, uh, six team member for me under the priest, that guy. So <laughs> I wanted to talk to him. Yeah. And uh, the stories you hear. You go crazy. Now, you have to understand, I had a run-in with a ghost in my house and a bad spirit. And, uh, and and that's why also for me it's easier to correlate because people go, ah, no, you're making that up. No, no, no. It's not making up if it happens 25 times. You know, it, it's really – it was really heavy. It's really pushed me in the bed. Really it was really – attacking me until the final day i just at three o'clock in the middle of the night you know you want to do the opposite of what jesus passed away at three so three o'clock at night they say is the most activity and that's where i went under the spot uh where always where it appeared and uh, i just challenged it for an hour and uh wow. and, and it stopped it stopped afterwards we saw the curtains we saw somebody running through the curtains my entire family curtains flying up to the ceiling not like somebody to the ceiling i was 100 percent certain there was somebody in the house yeah. I rented the other side, but nobody was in the house. Everything was locked. Doors were locked. Windows were locked. And even if the windows were open, I mean, the carpet, the, 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 it flew up against the ceiling. So there was a lot of activity. And, and I heard about these near-death experience, people who go away and who see other things in the room next door, who know exactly in the next door what the people were saying there. Hey, my father was smoking. He never smoked. So they come back and they say, why were you smoking? How do you know? Well, I, I, I actually was floating above you guys and I heard the whole conversation. So I know 100% there is something. I refuse to believe there is not something after this life. This is just a test. We're on this, you know, everything there is without time and space. Here, this is the only place where we have time. So I truly believe this is just a race. It's just a race. Who's I, the guy good 
good person that go up. We have some uh, listeners coming to read Boss Root, and they're like coming from the Joe Rogan podcast. They're saying, I haven't smoked enough pot yet for this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> they're not ready for it. But that's fascinating. Um, my closest near-death experience now pales in comparison. I was getting turned over in a kayak, and I thought I was going to die because I couldn't get out. That was it. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been a ki- like an old kayak, but um, it's impossible to get out unless you know how to flip back over. And I thought I was going to die. That's about it. That's my near-death experience. It's not nearly as interesting. You had one. Yeah, I had one. Um, oh, fascinating. All right, well, we have to we have to bring you back, and we can talk about so much more too. We have uh, Andrew Clavin. Do we have Andrew Clavin coming up? Andrew Clavin. Andrew up. Clavin coming up. So, uh, boss, uh, wh- where's the best place for people to find you? Um, you know, I, I do. I'm a, again an old guy, I guess. Right? Facebook is the where I have a lot of activity on my Facebook account. Okay. On, on my Twitter, Bossroot and Facebook is just facebook.com/bossroot. Uh, uh, Twitter, that's where I answer pretty much all questions. Okay. Uh, so people ask me questions. Bossroot and MMA. And then on, on, on Instagram, that's where I show pictures here and there. But I'm not a big guy into that for some reason. I'm uh, I'm getting more into it. But that's you, you need those, to those channel things. your inner male model again for Instagram. That's what you need to do. That's all it is. It's just big okay. Kardashian. Yeah, there you go. Ooh. Um, and don't you have a don't you have a podcast you're doing? I have a podcast together with Mauro Ronello. Actually, going to shoot it in uh, like in a half an hour. Oh, okay. We're going to okay. do it. Yeah, it's going to be released tomorrow. It's a fun podcast. It's uh, where we're going to talk with, uh, about cannabinoids. We have that person. We interview that person who's completely cured, just using CBD oil. Yeah. And uh, and an, uh, and a good diet. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't do chemo. Didn't take any pills. Didn't do anything. And he's completely stage four completely cured so there's a lot of power there i'm in a group called athletes for care it's all about uh, help athletes professional athletes because I'm, I'm talking with a lot of other football players who are on that uh, board as well yeah everybody go uh, you know the vicodins the pain pills it's such a it's a, such an ugly drug it's so addicting it's a, you know and and the cbd does the same thing yeah it's not addictive so uh, addicting so i i want people to be informed, I'm going to do schools here. I do the school talks already for uh, for kids who go to college. You know, every year I talk for 500 kids and I tell them what they can expect. But now it's going to be added. The CBD thing is going to be added. I'm going to go, guys. You know, because once it starts there, it's a scary, yeah. uh, you know, documentary. It goes from oxycontin to heroin because it's cheaper to use heroin. And you yeah, know, I've, I've seen that. Uh, and we had a comic on here too, Artie Lang, who ran through that problem. Uh, so it's uh, a matter of fact, he was actually advised. So he's open about it, so I'm not outing what he was advised to use heroin because, you know, since it was directly injected, bypasses the liver. So he's told, like, it's actually, if you're taking all these pills, it's better to take the heroin. But uh, Boss Rutan El Wapo, which means the handsome one. So now ah. you see why. You've seen it as webcam. Thank you so much, sir. We have to go, but we'll have to have you back soon uh, to talk more about everything. Yeah, then we can, uh, if you want to dive into something deeper, then uh, we, 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 we have the time for that. Oh, I'll, we dive uh, We don't need something deeper. Look at him leaving insulting right before. We have that. We have music playing. There's music. I don't, I hear, I, what's happening? I just done that. Tell me, YouTube, do you feel a charge? (laughs) 
Is he truly disturbed or is he just a turd? Nobody knows. It's Upstairs Tourette's Guy. Oh, sweetheart, you didn't have to go through all this trouble. No, I wanted to. I know you work hard. Really hard. But still, prime rib and, and this is, this is too much. You're worth it. I have been blessed, truly, with the most magnificent wife the world has ever- piece of shit. Sometimes gotta break a few And here we go. Like I've said, it's, it's best to just ignore it. He'll tire himself out. Last time he went for nine hours. That's actually tame compared to before you lived here. I can go all night. I don't have to sleep. I don't have to eat or drink water. I can up and paint the town in turkey dicks. I just think it, we might want to try. Uh, sweetheart, I know, I know, I know. Just trust me. It's best to let him vent and get it out. And eventually he'll grow out of it. He's 35. Me in my prime. At least you f***ing had a prime. Where's my prime, Mick? I f***ing own this sh and I will sh all over this sh that I own to is covered in more sh You piece of sh mother Yeah, I'll go talk to him. Is he truly disturbed or is he just a turd? Nobody knows. It's upstairs Tourette's guy. Mother want nobody want nobody and i don't want nobody you got that right and i don't want nobody i lost all right glad to have our next guest uh always love him on the program but the problem is we always talk before the program that's true. So and then we're sitting there like, this is the show. What are ah. you doing? We'll talk during the commercial break, and it'll make some point. So you know him. You follow him uh, at Andrew Clavin on the Twitter. He has a fantastic book out, The Great Good Thing. You can read it on Amazon. Mm -hmm. uh, read it on it. You can order it on Amazon. Nobody reads the book on Amazon. <laughs> the first, I just first, totally missed it. It's, like, it's like Stephen Colbert trying to understand social media. You can read it on the books of the faces. Um, <laughs> aren't I cool, kid? Hipperoos? And uh, he just recently spoke at, well, Andrew Clavin's show, obviously, at Daily Wire, good friends at Daily Wire. Mm -hmm. Just recently spoke at Oberlin uh, College there, right, Andrew Clavin? I did, I did. I was a smash hit with people trying to smash me and hit me. It's, uh, <laughs> no, actually. With you. Actually, I, got, I, I would imagine as a conservative, you're somewhat used to being heckled. You know, I'm really not. I have to be honest with you. They, they all, all that happened was I got heckled, and at the same time, you know, Ann Coulter was being attacked and you know, yeah. like threatened. So I felt kind of, I kind of felt it was pretty mild. But I will say that normally I'm invited to speak in front of conservatives, and it didn't really even occur to me until the last minute that I was walking onto the most liberal, one of the most liberal uh, colleges in the country, and that people might be upset to have me there. But I still have this kind of innocence of thinking like, oh, but I'm such a nice fellow. Why would yeah. anybody? You know? And when they started heckling me, I'm half I, Jewish. The faculty will <laughs> love me. There's, there's a scene. There's a scene in the novel War and Peace where this young Russian soldier sees the French charging over the hill, and he says. They want to kill me, me, whom everyone loves. <laughs> that was the way I felt. I thought, how, how are you heckling me? This I'm is the like point to... where I smile and nod like I've read War and Peace, and it doesn't just <laughs> occupy space on oh, my bookshelf oh. as a gun case. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Don't worry. Nobody thinks you've read Warren. <laughs> <Just like>. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's, that's not happening. <laughs> no, it's not. You know, there. It's, it's funny that you bring it up. I want to go back to Oberlin, but there's. I have not read War and Peace. I won't lie. I've not read War and Peace. I've not read a page of it. And when I went to college, we didn't read Mark Twain. We didn't read any of the American classics. None of it. We read like Tears of a Tiger and all the social justice crap, especially in Canada. Even back then, I was reading it like, Are you sure this is really what I should be reading in English literature? But uh, there are a lot of things. Like I was sitting there thinking about um, the Korean War. I, you know, I know a ton of, I know very little about the Korean War. I know, I yeah. know old, like, bastards who get mad, like, I was in Korea, but I've studied Vietnam, but I don't know the ins and outs of the Korean War. And it's dangerous to say that on this program, because someone will then try and quiz me next on the K Korean War, but there are a lot of things where you're like, ah, oh, you know what, I, I really should I felt that way more. about the, the, the First World War. I'm like, everyone talks, the, the Second World War gets so much attention, and I don't know what's it's first. Not, it's then, not complicated, the Germans like, are assholes. Oh yeah, they're like, oh, oh the Germans, the of course, that's, now I get it. The First World War, see, the thing is, you know, I lived overseas for a long time. The First World War wiped out a generation of men. So over there, you know, in, in Europe, it's huge in the same way like every little village in America has a Civil War monument on, in the, on the East Coast. Yeah. Every, every tiny village lost like, you know, a thousand guys in World War One. When I was there, I read, seriously, this is absolutely true, I read at least 20 books about World War One, and when it was over, when I was finished, I still didn't know why it had started. The Germans being Germans, I just think yeah. they're always a problem. It was kind of like it was kind of like Europe was saying, you know, things are going so well. Let's kill everyone, you know. <laughs> let's commit suicide. It was yeah. it was the end of European civilization. Apparently, Kim Jong Un's been reading the same books and getting ideas. Oh, <laughs> chapter forty-two! Right. You can kill everyone for no reason. Hey, anyway. hey! How many people can I kill with a cherry bomb? <laughs> so, uh, all right. So let's come back to Oberlin. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so you so, get heckled. Here's the thing, here's the thing. Most of the people, I would say in a room, I don't know, 50, let's guess 50 people, I'm not very good at that, but let's say 50 people. In that room, I would say 40 to 50% of them were left-wing kids. And they were polite, they were charming, they got up afterwards and asked me questions, and you know, it was great. We had a really interesting exchange, I was really interested in talking to them. Yeah. Three or four of these people were rude, nasty little people, and two of them, I swear, needed psychiatric care. Yeah. I mean, one of, one of them was like, obviously, he had some kind of gender dysphoria. I was going to say, was he a tranny? Yeah, that was really oh, my first question. Yeah, no, it, was, it was bizarre. And like, and comes in and puts his feet up on the chair and like throws his, like, you know, his sleeveless arm open and all this stuff. So I'm looking up his armpit. And I just thought, you know, you think people hate you because you're gay. They hate you because you're a, a lout. <laughs> <laughs> You were as soon as I bar. looked that up on Wikipedia, I'm gonna be pissed. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, you know, synonym asshole. Okay, I get oh, it. I get it. Oh, Maybe I get it's it. me. But it, it's like we talked about with that that transgender on campus. Who did you see that? Where the guy? Did you see that one where the, the, the transgender at Berkeley just freaked out? And the guy where he, they were this this person. We still don't know if it's male. Three fifty orange hair. It's yeah, a three fifty pounds orange hair crumpling up a Trump flag. And the guy goes, "Oh, what a big man you are!" And he goes, "Shut your mouth." I'm an effing woman. And it's clear the guy wasn't trying to troll the tranny because the guy's response yeah. is just. <laughs> he doesn't know what to say. The wordless scream. He's thinking, know? I'm going to get a call from the dean. Um, and that's what we talk. It's a, it's a subspecies. They actually don't have a lot in common with your run of the mill tranny. You know, your RuPaul's, the people who just kind of want to be bitchy in that section of the bar with the cool kids. <laughs> this is a whole subspecies of gender fluid pansexuality. It really only exists on campus. 
And, you know, the terrible thing about it is, is I'm sorry, but a lot of it is, is mental illness. Yeah. And to tell a guy with a mental this is what I came away with. This is what I came away with. These university leftists are mean. It's mean. Yeah. It is mean to tell a guy with a problem that his problem is society instead of, you know, his, his mind. You know, I, nothing that society does for this guy is going to make him any happier. And to tell him that if he can just get everyone to agree that he's a woman – Poof, he'll be a woman, you know. I mean, yeah. ain't gonna happen. And that he might be a poof, but I don't think he's gonna be a woman. Clavin! Oh, Clavin! <laughs> Feels like the Muppet guys are gonna show up. Oh, where do you get these jokes? Oh! <laughs> There's no tranny consensus. Oh! <laughs> um, <laughs> well, that must be the Gentile half. <laughs> um, I, you know, I think you're right. And here's what's so crazy. Like I said, it's probably a, a handful out of even the 40 or 50% of the students who are, who are uh, left. So the rest of them are right. Half of them, let's say, left. Let's just do it for easy numbers, numbers game. 50% conservative, 50% left. And, you know, single-digit percentage points of these kids who are left. Uh, but the faculty acquiesces to them. The late-night shows acquiesce to them. The Democratic <laughs> National Platform acquiesces to them. The Women's March acquiesces to them. These people represent 0.001% of population Earth, but they occupy such a huge portion of the American cultural spectrum. Um, and I just, I've got to imagine people are, are seeing it. Well, and also what the, I mean, let, let's, let's get down to the fact that these are kids, you know, these are, these are people who's, you know, your brain doesn't even form fully until you're 25 years old. Yeah. These are kids, the professors and the administration are in charge of them and are their mentors. They have on Oberlin, they have a black dorm. They have a dorm for black people. And I just oh, for like, black people. I just think man, it was like, it's the black dorm where you <laughs> never go and come back. It's Wait, the Negro the dorm, BB. That's the pirate dorm. That's Look at these spots. That's the butt pirate dorm where David Dow, Dr. David Dow, goes, ah, Percocet. Go ahead. Sorry. It's, no, this is where the black kids, you know, you, you leave college, you grow up in a place where everybody you know is black or Italian or Irish or Jewish or whatever. You yeah. leave college, you're supposed to meet all these different, different people and realize, oh, I hate these people. Let me go back home. You're <laughs> supposed to expand your mind. And instead, they've got these kids hiding away in their little black dorm. I mean, Martin Luther King would roll over in his grave. I was, seriously, I was thinking, I was thinking people in my generation walked unarmed into the teeth of guns and clubs and dogs to get you out of this situation and you're so scared of being you know slighted you going back in it's yeah. just it's, it's it's insane and and you know the the telling them that they're victims i was talking to christina hoff summers because she spoke before me yeah. a, a couple of uh, months before me and got protested and all that and she said the the women were going into their safe spaces because they were triggered because she told them they weren't victims they weren't oppressed yeah. that's what triggered them you know well, oh I always God, get off. <laughs> <laughs> but but tits though. No, I'm telling you, it's not. It's not just about the tits. It's not. What? <laughs> Naomi Wolf told me. I just I read Naomi Wolf and very confused. Here's the thing. I um I, I I I'm with you, and it is it is remarkable though that these people have as much pull as they do. Uh, I, I I mean. Again, if you read HuffPo, Salon, AOL, any of these mainstream websites, and we're not just talking not just talking about leftist websites either, just any site that's not right wing, it's as though there's this unwritten agreement like, oh yeah, she, yeah. I couldn't find out who it was, even on Campus Reform, a conservative site, this 300 pound uh, person with orange hair said, I'm a woman, you better respect, they described this person as transgender. I swear to you, we had a 20 minute round table where we're going, well, hold on a second. It looks like a man, but saying he's a woman 
is kind of, you know, like, like just lack of any muscle tissue, so fat. So it's really hard to determine. We're like, so is this a male to female transgender? It's a female to male transgender? Jared just said he- I still wouldn't put any money down on it, but I think lesbian. You just think a big old I, standard run-of-the-mill lesbian? Run-of-the-mill. And none of us, because the article just act like, this is a transgender. It's like, well, hold on a second. This is key information we need to know. <laughs> and they act at the world, look, oh, yeah, sure, yeah, 300-pound orange-haired mohawk transgender. Well, yeah, you know. I, exa- well, exactly. That's a person who probably needs some help, you know, and, like, yeah. telling him telling him that, it, you know, his world is terrible because you're in it. You know, the world is a little more terrible because true. you're in it. But, I mean, his, his particular <laughs> world is terrible. It's just cruel. It's a cruel thing to do. And I, I think it's cruel to make some of these conservative kids mouth your leftist garbage or get a bad grade. You know, that's a terrible thing to do to a young person you know to, you know i'm gonna teach you to have no integrity <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad you've come to oberlin because when you come here we're gonna teach you have no integrity lie to get ahead and that's the life lesson we give you, you right know? It's like, i know thank you so much i appreciate you that. see yeah. most liberal campus in in uh in the united states i mean at that point you're talking about a difference maybe like a single percentage point like oberlin right. and it's like well i don't know maybe if you go to cornell maybe it's like 94 percent liberal as opposed to 95 yeah. at, at a certain yeah. point it doesn't matter anymore but yeah it really really is this just horrible sort of manifestation of the worst that humanity has to offer. And they're in this unholy alliance with the media, the entertainment industry, and academia. And it does not represent, it doesn't even represent the left in the United States, like a lot of people who voted for Hillary Clinton. Yeah, I think that's right. I think it doesn't, you know, it represents, I mean, the left has this whole thing about that, that somehow speaking the truth is unvirtuous. They have this whole idea that it's it's really it really is so much better to say he's a woman because why would you hurt his feelings? And you go like, well, the truth actually matters. You know, the truth kind of sets you free and right. establishes. You know, we can all talk about the truth because we agree what it is. But they actually think that the reality will change because they describe it differently. Yeah. You know, that if mm-hmm. if you describe that guy as a woman, somehow he'll be healthier of mind and happy, and that's going to take away the fact that he, inside his mind he's going, I'm. In hell get me out of my head it's a, it's a living hell you know? yeah. it's like that's not going away because we call them no you know? it's not going away it's like you just wake up and you just want to scream into your coffee mug at the top of your lungs no i think i'm a man i don't think that's the issue um and it is sad because we have people like blair white on and theron meyer and people who are transgender who openly talk about this and i've talked about it as someone who actually has you know struggled with we've talked about like mental health issues with adhd which manifested as like severe depression at one point and they thought all kinds of things were wrong with me as a kid. Well, imagine if they just said, oh, you know what? He's just, uh, he's fine. Let him be that way. And they didn't actually try to help me. I would have it's never. Your, it's your fault for calling him sad. If you would just call him happy, then he'd be happy. You know, I mean, it's, right. like, it's, like, it's like talking to somebody with an eating disorder. You're like, yeah, you weigh 60 pounds. You look great. No, you are a little fat. You know, when you say you're a little fat, go ahead, starve yourself. And when you're dead, you will say you're alive and then you'll be alive. Yes. You know, it's, it's great. It's What's a perfect the, system. Like Lena Dunham, we talked about this. Lena Dunham lost weight. And she was, and we hats off to her. Like, look, you know, she looks better. Oh. And she goes, you know what? It's just, I did it for me, not for anybody else. But I feel better. I sleep better. And let me tell you something, people. Endorphins are real. And we're sitting there like, yes, we've been saying this this <laughs> whole time. And you've been just saying we're hate speakers. It's because we want what's good for you. It really is just like a parent with a child. It's like, listen, don't put your hand on the stove. No, don't put your hand on. The stove. It's gonna hurt. <laughs> hey, what up? And they put it on, and it keeps burning. And like, you know what? It's when their hand is all bandaged up, like Liam Neeson in Dark Man. They're finally saying, you know what? I actually think it's better to not touch the stove. You're like, well, yeah, we've been telling you that the whole time. That's for, what's happening for, with today's life. And for Lena, Lena Dunham now, when she takes her shirt off, people won't press the remote. You know, <laughs> different experience. People may actually not stop watching. Well, the show. I wouldn't go that far. They might just go <laughs> well, from 4K to standard def. And okay. that's, <laughs> this is FCC show, Clay, but we don't tolerate that kind of imagery. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. I don't know what he's. <laughs> 
I, I pro- at least I probably won't have to scratch out my eyes. That was my usual reaction. Like, blind me! I cannot. <laughs> I, look I at know. I just, HBO girls is like, let's just take a. Well, that's not true. Lena Dunham is really the most unattractive one on that show. There's some other girls who are attractive on that show. But can you imagine? She's like bro- a swollen thumb. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> like that was such a sexist thing to say. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no. Just... David Gergen looks the same. <laughs> so it's just it's a genre of people. It's not about the, it's not about the gender. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. about the genre of human being. Gergen, Carl Rove, Lena Dunham. They could have been on that MTV uh, Thumb Show by Steve Odenberg. Yeah. Oh, sure. um, okay, so so this happened, and uh, that was an eye eye opener for you. We were talking about this, you know, working in the entertainment industry, living out in Los Angeles. You know, Jimmy Kimmel. Obviously, the news of this weekend, what happened with his son was horrible. And when I first saw the story, I just saw the first segment where he was talking about his son. It was very touching and moving. And, you know, look at the modern miracle of, of, of uh, medical innovation and science. Go, wow, you know, that, that, that's incredible. I'm glad his son's okay. I didn't see the second portion where it goes, by the way, Trump sucks. I was like, well, hold on. How do you get to that pivot? And, yeah. and that happened. And you were talking about this earlier. The Stephen Colbert, his comment on, on Donald Trump, Putin. Unbelievable. Yeah. What was for, for because I don't want to. What was his term that he said about Donald Trump with Putin? What was the term? He, he said he said is uh, the the only good thing about Trump's mouth is it's a cock holster for uh, uh, Putin, Vladimir Putin. So it's a funny word. Know. I'll give him that. <laughs> funny word. Yeah, yeah. But it's like you know if if that were if that were you saying that suddenly the gaze would be outside your door, you know, like ba- banging on the door. But you know because he's anti-Trump, it's okay. First of all, the guy's the guy's not that funny. I mean, he was kind of funny when he was imitating Bill O'Reilly, but yeah. he's not that funny on the show. And secondly, every, does every single late night comic have to be an, an anti-Trump on an anti-Trump tirade every night? Yeah. I mean, is, isn't that a little boring? And the you know the fact the fact that people like Samantha B Samantha B and Trevor Noah are like sucking comedy out of the air, I like know. The, the world. World was a funnier place before they got there. I mean, they have now. Know. You know, they, it's kind of makes your cheeks cave in, like that's it's anti laughter. It's like, like pre and post fall of Skynet. You know, I just <laughs> te- when I see them turn on the theme songs, I'm all here is da da da. It's just it's terrible. But it you look is, at Colbert's ratings. His ratings are great. I, I, don't, I don't think Colbert is terrible. I think Colbert can be funny. I think Kimmel yeah, can be Colbert, funny. I don't yeah. think Samantha B. Samantha B. and Trevor Noah have never been entertaining accidentally. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Mark. But why? But why do they? all have to i mean is there i, I is, is there no you're kind of funny i mean is there nobody funny <laughs> you were funny once it was thir- a thursday i remember it happened at one point too yeah i mean is there nobody that they can find who at least would tow a different line so that people could change channels and say oh that's a funny pro-trump joke no i mean it's all got to be the same thing you know? I, you know and we got we got so much flack too yeah. i think the right claim a lot of the right they claim they want it but they don't really want it because you know we do the show and it was just listen it's comedic gold. It was nothing but jokes about Bill O'Reilly groping his interns. And the thing is, it was so great for me because I had to stay silent this whole time, and I knew he did it. I worked at Fox News. <laughs> Everyone who worked at Fox News knew that he did it. Everyone knew that Bill O'Reilly was guilty. And so it's kind of like, oh, joke, 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 joke. I've been writing this for so long. We're like, how, do, you know, we need to stick together. I'm like, well, who's, who's we? He's not a conservative, A. And B, I mean, we make fun of Trump. We're, gonna, we're going to make fun of Ben Carson because he's hysterical. And I think he's sure. the sweetest guy alive. And I think... A lot of people, you know, you, you want to be the world's most powerful genie and everything that comes with it. And they don't really want that. And the left. I, I think you're right. I think that's right. I, I yeah. think the left knows that. I think the left is like, just keep anything that will offend us in a box, 
put it away. Whereas the right is like, yeah, bring on the comedy. And then when they get something that bothers them, they have an issue with it. And I just think uh, it's just harder to sort of get the right on one page. But I think not. I think, I think it's clickbait for leftists. I think clickbait, it, it, just like it was pro-Trump, pro-Trump, pro-Trump for all the right-wing websites yeah. leading up to the election all the way through the primaries. I think it's just cheap comedy. They know that, look at, look at Colbert's ratings. They're not bad right now. They're actually doing yeah, pretty no. well. And I think it's, it's easy territory for them to tread. And I think that it, just keep doing well, what's working. Yeah. That's what well, they're, that's, that's right. And what happens is it, it's a, uh, it's a, a vicious circle because as they lose their right wing audience, their only audience they can get is left wing. So they just yeah. have to double down and keep bringing them in right. or else they, they run out of audience. Yeah, no, of course. And you know, Maureen Dowd, bless her heart, has actually spoken about this. She said, my audience does not want to read during the election. She said, my audience does not want to read bad things about Hillary Clinton. And Dowd has always been very honest about the Clintons. She's one of the few people on the left who actually went after them. And she said, you know, they do not want to hear it. They don't want to hear it. So you, you open the New York Times now, a former newspaper, you know, and it is. <laughs> Like, it, I, I mean, it, it's it is like it's like walking into a room of you know women after they've seen a mouse, you know, like old-fashioned women. It is like people jumping on chairs, screaming, you know, where is it? Where is it? You know, it's like it's Donald Trump, Donald Trump. Right? I mean, it's it's amazing, and I think that that is a problem on the right too. I really do. I mean, I yeah. think if you can't if you can't make jokes about Bill O'Reilly chasing women around the desk, after all, we're conservatives. We're supposed to be nice to women, you know. I know. <laughs> I mean, I've been looking into how much it would cost to actually have a cuckoo clock where instead of the pirate running out chasing the beer maid, it's Bill O'Reilly chasing his EP. I'd cuckoo, come on, looking out for the folks. It would be in this corner, nonstop. And I just, I know he's- spin zone, The no spin zone. Which is ironic, because that's what he called his interns, the ones he favored most were spinners. Go ahead, Andrew. Is it, no, is, is this, you did work at Fox. I've never worked at Fox. Was it yeah. true that everybody knew this was going on? Uh, okay, I can't speak for everybody. Did yeah. I know? Yes. And I said, yeah. and I came out right away when, when the stuff came out with Sean Hannity, I said, no, listen, and I know Debbie Schlussel, she's a crazy person. I have yeah. no evidence whatsoever. It's not common knowledge with Sean Hannity. If it were, it would be a surprise. And I openly, I put my, I put my money on the line. And by the way, we just saw another person leave Fox News. If you go back mm -hmm. and read, I said, listen, there are going to be two more people. I guarantee you information is going to come out about. And uh, one of them will be directly affiliated I think with Sean Hannity, but and I think they're going to try and use that by proxy to hurt Sean. But I said I I have no evidence. As a matter of fact, I have evidence to the opposite. When he used to do his freedom tours, he was very careful, just from an intelligence standpoint, to not be alone with women who weren't his wife. He would often leave before he wouldn't stay at the same hotel as other people's. He was very. He's always struck me as a very honorable guy. Yes. I mean, he just seems like a really straight arrow guy. Right. No. Yeah, he's and a gentleman. But the difference is, Bill O'Reilly did it. I think you know, uh -huh. and I can just say from what I've constantly heard walking the halls at Fox. You know, it was, it was just an assumed truth and several names that were outed. One of them I knew was a friend of mine and I had heard this before. Uh, so it didn't come to me as a surprise. It doesn't mean that everyone is guilty. And I hate that they're going to try and do this as a headshot by proxy to everyone else. Right, right. But uh, yeah, I think he, yeah. But, but you know, it, it is funny. Uh, when I first went to Fox, I think it was to be on the Gutfeld show. Yeah. And I said to Greg, you know, this is like bizarro high school because it's all the nerdy guys with the most beautiful women on earth, you know? Yeah. And so it's like it's like the opposite of high school where they've been, you know, nerdy guys never gotten anywhere near those women. Yeah. And I, that, that may have been a bad formula. <laughs> it's like all those guys. 
guys yeah. who couldn't get dates in high school were suddenly going, look, I'm here. I got to, you know, got to make yeah. hay while the sun shines. Let's pair them with a bunch of women on the leg cams and convince them that it's not because they have money. What could possibly go wrong here? <laughs> I remember what I, I, I've had the worst recall today, but I, I remember what I was going to talk about. You were talking about these kids on Oberlin College. Yeah. First thing I do is I say, hey, Google, good morning. And it gives me the news of the day and the temperature. And I have this little Google home thing. Uh, but I make sure it does, it's not listening when I, I, I unplug it. Anyways, uh, conspiracies aside, because Google's, they're always watching you. Alexa or Google, they actually, it's in the fine print. They can listen always. It's a learning computer. Really? So yes, you have to manually say, Google, mute yourself, or hey, Alexa, stop listening. Otherwise, it's always listening. It's written in the wow. pamphlet. Anyway, okay. I say, hey, Google, uh, and it's playing news from NPR, because that's the default. And there was some kind of protest. I don't know if it was talking about May Day or what it <laughs> hey, was. I put you back to sleep. But there was someone yelling, and it was on a college campus. It might have been Berkeley. And they were screaming, I swear to you, a bunch of people chanting out, we have nothing to lose but our chains. We have nothing to lose but our chains. And I'm like, hold on a second. Your scholarship based on minority status, <laughs> your well-paying job, your master's degree in German poetry that your parents subsidized. You have a lot more to lose than your chains. Well, this is like this is like at Yale. They're having this symbolic hunger strike. What's a symbolic hunger strike? It's where you don't eat until you're hungry and then you eat, you know? <laughs> so, you know like, that is that's the left, that is the academic left in a nutshell, though. It's like symbolic actions against symbolic oppression that's not actually happening, you know? But, I know. But, and it makes you a symbolic hero. I'm a symbolic <laughs> hero. I took symbolic action against symbolic oppression. You fail to understand. They're not the hero that campus needs, but the symbol it deserves. All right, Andrew Claven, uh, where can people best find you, sir? Jay, listen to the podcast on The Daily Wire, and uh, you can come and find me on Twitter at Andrew Claven. At Andrew Clavin, The Andrew Clavin Show. Highly recommend it. Also, Ben Shapiro's over there. Good guy. Good guys. Good guys. guys. Yes. We'll be back. It's a wonderful place to work. It yeah. is. A, it's a wonderful place. Good people. We gotta go. We gotta. This oh, guy oh, needs to oh, shut oh. up. He needs to shut his mouth. Is he truly disturbed or is he just a turd? Nobody knows. It's upstairs to Red Sky. Yeah, hey. Hi, I'm Lyle the... Yeah, you live downstairs. Good to see you. Yes, um... I borrowed, uh, sugar last month. Yes, you did. I, 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 uh, I hope that, uh, it worked out for you. Yeah, it worked great. Thanks. You really did me a solid. Mm-hmm. Good, good. Um, I wanted to discuss the recent disturbances... I'm sorry, I, what are you talking about? Well, um, for example, this evening, uh, been some disruptions. Oh, wow. Really? It's usually such a good building. I guess I'll need to, I'll keep my eyes peeled. Yes, but I meant it was more coming from your, um, apartment. What, me? No, no, I'm just having a quiet night at home. Hmm. But, uh, uh... No, I'm just having some lean cuisine and... Oh, you know what? I did have... Is it is it TV? The TV's too loud? Yes, yes. Let's go with that. The TV is too loud. Why, why are you doing air quotes? I don't know. Why are you doing air quotes? Oh, I understand that you might not be entirely comfortable, so we can use the term television as a device to... I, I, I don't know what you're talking about, but I, 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 can, I can turn down my TV. Yes, let's go with that. Please do... Turn down your television. Okay. Have a good one.
is breaking news on Lalo of Clowder. I'm Harry Matheson. Sucking plasma screen. I'm developing beaver ass up the Is he truly disturbed or is he just a turd? Nobody knows. It's upstairs to Red Sky. Mother Home Body Break with Steven Crowder and Not Gay Jerry. Summer's a great time to use the pool and cool off, but it's not for everyone. I'm not a confident swimmer. And that's why there are a few key safety tips you have to follow first before you take part in your summer refreshment. The proper flotation devices and a positive attitude go a long way to ensuring a pleasant pool experience. And fencing off the danger zones is a must to ensure that the aquatically challenged don't find their way in. The wings weren't shit. 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 I don't know how, how, how has that happened. but we had the fence up. That's not a real fence. That's a, but when we put the fence in, you're supposed to know that it's not. Oh, the, the wings weren't shit. Home body break with Steven Crowder and Not Gay Jerry. Sponsored by Mug Club. Join today at louderwithcrowder.com slash mug club. some reason with the drowning dance, I always make it and not get Jared dies. That's a lot of work, that drowning dance. Victory. Uh, so grateful. Boss Rutten, Andrew Clavin. Show went a little yeah. long today, but uh, I know sometimes people, people, sometimes people complain that, uh, like, oh, the show used to be longer on Thursday. Well, now we kind of split the difference. The daily shows, for those who are mm -hmm. monthly members, typically about, uh, it's like a cable show. It's like around between 44 minutes to an hour. And then uh, we add an extra guest for you on the Thursdays. By the way, uh, coming very soon. I don't know if it's going to be the week after next week. Right now, there's a free trial. Uh, for, there's always a free trial if you join the Mug Club or go mm -hmm. to CRTV for seven days on the site. But we're going to be offering this show for seven days for free. Maybe even 14 days. I don't know. I should read the fine print. On YouTube. So for those Pretty who good. still, uh, you know, listen. If you, if you want to support the show and you're tired of YouTube's crap, there you go. We'll let you try it even for free using YouTube's strength against itself. Yes. Um, you know, we were just talking about this earlier today. And we were talking about it earlier in the show, it just kind of hit me. Um, the left, we're in this modern movement, right, self-esteem movement, mm -hmm. which is funny because I think the Generation Z people, below millennials, I think they're rejecting that. The whole so. culture of like no red pens. You're, you're younger than I am, and you got it more than I did. I'm kind of at the top end of millennials, and we saw it coming, and we're like, oh, these ass yeah. hats. You know, oh, yeah. gosh, they can't lose a soccer game. And then you came <laughs> in, and you're like, we can't lose a soccer game. So there's kind of that middle, that eye of the tornado of millennials who are on board with it. The tornadoes, tornadoes have eyes. Have they, have they figured that one out? Did I say tornado? I meant her. I, well, yeah, tornadoes all. You're in, you know, in the middle of a cyclone. I guess so. It's a cyclone. 
It's a tornado. It's a vortex. Do you have an idea how a vortex convinced. works? Anyways, <laughs> hurricane is the same thing, just bigger. But um, that, the, the, it's sort of been rejected by the, the generations either, becoming more conservative, and I think they actually want to get by on their merits. And, and I think the reason for it is this whole modern self-esteem movement rings really hollow. Yeah. You know, people need to have good self-esteem. Everyone should feel good about themselves. No. Everyone should have a good body image. Incorrect. Not everybody should have a good body image. Not everybody should feel good about themselves. We never used to have self-esteem movements because self-esteem was earned. Mm -hmm. If you accomplished crap, you had good self-esteem. And if you didn't, you had horrible self-esteem and deservedly so. That's what it used to be. But once we just, this, and this is, they're inextricably tied, the, the modern, the progressive left, and the self-esteem movement. You are not going to find any conservatives, any right-wingers, any libertarians saying you shouldn't be able to use a red pen in a test because that hurts somebody's feelings, okay? Maybe some kind of alt-right <laughs> populist, but no. Conservatism is about rugged individualism. It is about taking responsibility for your own actions. This modern self-esteem movement, 100%, the progressive, regressive left, to use Dave Rubin's phrase. And what's crazy about it is they just think, they, they talk about how everyone deserves self-esteem, you should feel good about yourself. Yet as we saw today, they don't believe that you can accomplish anything. We talked about that earlier in the week, how there are kind of ties between masculinity and, and limited government and constitutionalism yeah. and femininity, the feelings, and liberalism, where you know men don't tend to get as jealous of other, as, as women do. Tend to be more inspired tend by to be more other inspired. successful people. Yeah. They're, they're lifted and brought up. Right. They don't want to bring other people down. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they don't travel in herds, herds. You know, in the same way. Whether they, they, well, That's, some people do. Eh. They're called bikers. Your bandana's not fooling anybody. Anyway, the point is, uh, there are ties there with rugged individualism. Again, I don't believe that you can truly be a man and mock the idea, as Michael Moore does, of pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. You're, you're not a man. You're, you're a woman with a slightly larger pouch. That's, what I, that's how I see you. A, a man has got to believe that he can provide for his family. A man has got to believe that he can rest in his own laurels. A man has got to believe that he is worth something and add something, bring something to the table. It's yeah. a huge part of what makes, of what is the makeup of a man. I, on a microcosm level, I, I don't know, I don't relate to it, because even like if I have a, like just a bad day where I feel like, man, I really phoned it in today, I, I don't sleep as well. Right. I don't see. I, I sleep so much better knowing, hey, I worked my butt off today. Yeah. And accomplished something, and I can't imagine going my whole life feeling like I phoned it in. Right. But I patted myself on the back when I got home at night and said, hey, I deserve this beer because I'm gonna, I'm gonna rest well. Night. I don't, I don't relate to that or, I don't, at or all. Cider rye, as you text cider rye tonight. <laughs> it was good. Um, I'm glad you enjoyed Incredible the bottle satisfying. I sent you. But that is true. And you know what? A, a good way for a wife to get uh, a husband in a fight. I know this, and I know it with my dad. I know with any man I know or a partner. Um, is if you feel as though you've come up short and then to say, oh, I'm sure you did great. Oh, I'm sure for a woman <laughs> to say, or edit, you know, partner, for all of our listeners out there, Chad with AIDS, love you, uh, to say, I'm sure you did fine and you know that they have no idea what the situation is. Even if you do think that you were screwed, you get mad because yeah. it rings hollow. Then and I used to say this to my wife, I'm like, don't say that because you have no idea. Maybe I did screw up. Now I didn't, but maybe I did. But when you say that, and then I know, and I tell you that I didn't screw up and that I was dealt a bad hand today, and you say, hey, cheer up, it rings hollow. Yeah, yeah. Because you're just saying, yeah. they're there. It's like, I don't want you to be a cheerleader. I just want you to just, I don't want you to doggy pile on my enemies. Maybe I maybe I really screwed up. Yeah. And, and it's okay to call it out. Exactly, well, not call out, but okay to, Certainly bring forward, you know, hey, Solutions. maybe you can do this better. Now, yeah. on the flip side, women get mad at that. 
It's Everyone true. knows that. Women get married, they go, listen, I'm just, I just want to be able to vent and I know that you're listening. I don't want you to offer solutions to problems. These are some of the biggest fights I had with my wife in the first couple of years. She was like, I just need to know that you're listening. I don't need you to offer a solution. Whereas men feel better if it's not a they're there, but there's some kind of solution-oriented conversation. Mm. Um, we know that. This is a part of our, our, of our genetic makeup. But self-esteem is the they're there. It is the universal pat on the back. And these same people saying, they're there, you should have self-esteem, are telling you, you can't pay for your own health care. You need the government to create a mandate. You need publicly funded insurance. They're saying, you can't save for your own retirement. You need Social Security. You need the government to tell you how to save your money. They're telling you that you can't find a good job, that you can't move up. It's the 1%, the cards the yeah. card are stacked against you. You've been dealt a bad hand. You need us. But by the way, you should feel great. You can accomplish nothing without us. Don't you feel good about yourself? <laughs> There's nothing wrong with femininity either, but isn't it funny how, at least this is purely anecdotal, but all of the really super far left social justice warrior type of friends in my life, people I know, all of them have strands of femininity that they present. And the yeah. way they carry out themselves out, they, they are the cat men. Yeah. They are, and it's like, it, there are some weird parallels there between, and there's nothing wrong with femininity when it's a woman and, and, that, and marriage works great and you can, you sure. can make it, it, it could be a beautiful thing. because consoling is important, especially that balance yeah. with kids. Men can be pretty harsh with kids. Sure. I know my dad will say that with me, or be like, oh, but you did screw up though, right? <laughs> you know, when you're a kid, you don't want to hear that. As a that. kid, yeah, it's, it's tough. But his mom would be the, there, there, that's great. But it's not great when creating a society. And this self-esteem movement, the big irony to me is that it tells you you can't accomplish anything. And boy, gee golly, shouldn't you feel great about it? And I think that if you believe that and if you vote for the people who tell you that you can't accomplish anything, to me, again, voting is, is just, it's just like voting with your dollar when you go and you decide to buy something. You're, you're putting in that voting booth, it's like today's modern sacrificing a ram. There aren't a lot of sacrifices. There aren't, there aren't, a, lot of, uh, there aren't a lot of moments of permanence today. Hmm. A vote is one of them where you put that in there and you don't get it back. You are voting right there. You are truly putting a stamp on it. This is what I believe. And if you put a stamp on it and say, this is what I believe, I believe that everybody else has to, 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 to cover my mistakes. I believe that I can't provide for my family and myself. I believe that it's society's job to, to shoulder the burden for me. I don't think you should have self-esteem. We have gotten to the point it's still the same. It, 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 it ties into everything. It's so crystal clear. Think about this. We have people, Netflix and Disney, going back and scrubbing scientific facts from 1990s science videos. Why? Because it could hurt someone's self-esteem. It's not, well, the science was wrong. It could hurt someone's self-esteem. So we're against this bill because uh, it could hurt someone's self-esteem and they need all this free stuff. We need to go back and remove this idea that, that uh, your biological sex is determined by chromosomes. Why? Because it could hurt someone's self-esteem. We don't believe that people are capable of handling any criticism or any opposing viewpoint, which is largely why Patrick Moore, uh, atmospheric uh, science, sorry, PhD in ecology, his debate requests go completely unanswered from the left. There's a reason that we believe in a form of voices, that there's a reason that we believe in a form of open debate because you know why? Most conservatives tend to have good self-esteem and they're okay accepting win, lose, or draw. In my experience, the people I hang out with, the Andrew Clavins, the Ben Shapiro's, the people in this room, we don't expect to win every time, but we expect to be given a chance at bat. The progressive left wants you to start at third base and tell you that you've deserved it. And you know that you, you didn't even bunt. You didn't even get a walk. 
And that is something that is incredibly corrosive. I'm really glad to see people rejecting it, but I do want you to think about it as you move on in your week and think about other people in your lives, other people who sit there and talk about self-esteem or who might be far leftist. And anytime a conversation comes up and you see this, this sort of, this, this congruent through line of someone else needs to fix this, I don't believe in myself, this could offend somebody, bring it in on the self-esteem movement. Say, well, you must really believe that these people have no self-esteem. Well, what do you mean? Well, if you think someone's going to kill herself because of a Bill Nye video, you really don't think a lot of the transgender community. What, 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 what? Man, you must really think so little about yourself. Well, what are you talking about? If you don't believe that you can purchase health insurance at your age, which might, might cost you about $120 a month, you, you must really think that you can't provide. What, 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 what? Oh, man, gosh. You must really have no faith in your abilities. What? Well, I mean, you have, a, you have a college degree, but you're demanding that the government set some arbitrary, artificial minimum wage that's going to cause hyperinflation because you simply don't believe that you can move up in the workplace? That's sad. Have you thought about seeing someone? What, what, what? It all comes down to people not believing in themselves and telling everyone else that they should believe in themselves and reach for the stars. There's a star. Well, hold on. Let us get that for you. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's no way to live. And that's why we do this show. And that's why we keep fighting back. That's why Mug Club exists. You know why? Because I think it's sad. And I think telling people that they deserve self-esteem when it's not earned. This is a modern concept. Self-esteem, if not earned, rings completely hollow. It's a lie. Just like Ben Carson was talking about, we talked about that this week with, uh, with uh, 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 urban housing. Mm -hmm. He said, thank you, my stroke mouth acting up. <laughs> Where he said, no, we don't want to make it super comfortable. We want to encourage ambition. We want to encourage people to get out of these situations. To provide someone with a life of comfort, but with no ambition, under the guise of, hey, you should feel good about yourself no matter what, is to rob someone of, like what Nakajir was talking about, is to rob someone of the most basic and the greatest joys that life has to offer. I think that. Don't rob yourself of it. Don't shortchange yourself. We'll see you next week, Mug Club members, on Monday, Thursday, for the Cheapskates. Is he truly disturbed or is he just a turd? Nobody knows. It's upstairs to Red Sky. Baywatch, just a bunch of fake cats and pieces of shit. Hi, officer. Can I help you? Yeah, hi. We had a noise complaint. Would you mind opening the door, please? No, I'm sorry. I can't do that, officer. And, uh, why can you not open the door? Oh, I can't, uh, on account of the voices. The what? Uh, the voices, officer. There are voices attacking me. I, I can't open the door or they'll get very angry. The voices attacking you will get very angry. Yes, that's correct. If you open this door. Mm -hmm. Do you mean to tell me that there is someone else in that apartment and your life is in danger. No, there's no other person here. Just voices that are attacking me uh, consistently and, and torturously without end. Sir, do you believe that you are mentally fit to be in this apartment all by yourself? Oh, yes, certainly. And you are not in need of immediate extraction? No, not at all. You believe yourself to be in perfect mental health even with the voices? Yes, take it up with them, not me. Sir, I've got to be honest, we've had a lot of complaints. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that, officer. F***ing pig shit! What'd you call me? I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't say anything. Sounded to me like you just called me... a f***ing pig shit. No, I, I would never. I respect our men in uniform. And thank you for your service. Okay, well, I'm just saying that, uh... F***ing 
Fuzz, only good pig is a fucking dead pig! Starch white shirt in the dirt! Wait, did you just say you want to starch my shirt and put it in the dirt? No, officer. I, I understand that you have a hard job to do, and I'm very appreciative. It certainly doesn't sound like that through this drywall! Officer, if I have done anything to offend your stupid copper pit fucking piece of shit ass! Alright, I said I'm coming in there! Well, officer! You can't do that if you don't have a warrant. Why did you do that? I tried to warn you. Hey, listen, I've had enough about you. What in holy hell was that? I tried to warn you. Copper, go away. Is he truly disturbed or is he just a turd? Nobody knows. It's upstairs to Red Sky. Mother.